Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. So we got simple between and within designs. We've talked about we've talked about using more than one independent variable too. Both both of them between or both of them within. Right? Why not combine the two in some crazy world of mixed up wackiness? Oh, I bad I got the story, that story was funny, and now you've completely screwed me. <laughs> Let's do that, shall we? I get we, you know, exclamation points. I'm trying to make this stuff interesting, okay? Actually, I find it fascinating that there's something wrong with me. Okay. <laughs> and you might ask, well, why would we do that? Well, there actually are cases where we want one or more between and one or more within variables. Um, in fact, it's exceedingly common for us to do this. Uh, on Friday, if you go to the Psychology Honors Thesis uh, conference, which you should do because it's fun, um, and afterwards there's drinking. Um, there is. Just saying. It's us. You've met our department, right? <laughs> so, you should go. But you'll see this. People a lot of times have one between, one within, things like that. It's very common. It's very common. And also, we'll support your classmate Carla. She's talking. So. I'm serious. You should. It'll be fun. That's it. How about species and learning, speaking of comparative psychology? So, if, if learning is something that's got to be repeated measures, right? We talked about this. I don't look at change over time. By definition, that's what learning is, right? It's change in, in, in uh, effective you know, behavior time one. Sort of some of that time one effects behavior time two, that's learning. Um, species, I can't do that within subjects. <laughs> if I could, there'd be a whole, that's a whole other thing. Or sex differences, another fascinating thing. You'll see this, I think. I know at least one talk on Friday will have, we'll be looking at sex differences. You can't do that within subjects. Yes, I know people have operations and all these interesting things and more power to them. But typically, I'm talking about the number of Y chromosomes here for sex, okay? I'm not talking about your gender identity. Which is fascinating stuff. It's not what I'm talking about. And there's, of course, etc., which is another one. But say learning. Sex differences in learning are, are classic things that psychologists have looked at forever. Say, uh, species differences in learning. So cognition and, and memory, these kind of things, almost always demand one between and one within. So here's an example. Now, I talked about implicit and explicit memory quite a bit because uh, I've done some stuff like this. And here what I've done is I've got one group giving it, give it an implicit memory task, say word fragment completion, and the other group is given an explicit memory task. And then I've got retention intervals of five minutes, one hour, and 24 hours. Right? There may actually be some concern here about the implicit test being contaminated by explicit memory. Because if I was to ask people to fill out, you know, uh, recall all these words, and then that uh, production of those words 
could actually somehow affect the implicit task. Right? I don't want that happening. And in fact, there is some fascinating uh, stuff that shows that there are differences between implicit and explicit memory, the effects of bringing in a third variable, levels of processing, but only in repeated measures designs. Chalice and Broadback, 1992. We still want a decay function, or a, fun, or a function, decay function. There's a C in function that I missed. It's a function. Or a function. Have you ever learned about functions in school? <laughs> I'm never sure if Jen is laughing at me or with me. Um, I really am not. I, I really don't know. It's a little from column A, a little from column B, right, guys? Is that what it is? Okay. Anyway, we want a decay function. We want to see how the memory decays work. But we want to look at between groups. So, what are our sources of variation? By the way, group one is subjects one to ten, group two is subjects eleven to twenty. And I just arbitrarily put ten people in each group, okay? Oh, that should be group G2s. The explicit here should be G2s. Sort of the bad. Dumbass. Well, there's test type, implicit and explicit. There's retention interval, of course. There is, oh, look at this, look at that. In the we have subjects as one of our sources of variation. I've got a crazy new thing, it's got parentheses. This is subjects within test type. That's what that means. Subjects within test type. So you can't talk about subjects without mentioning what kind of tests they're getting. So that means subjects within test type, or you might say subjects nested within test type. Okay? And again, these should be G2s. I would be explicit in <coughs> Subjects nested within test type. Yeah, the G1s are implicit and G2s are explicit. So group 1 is subjects 1 to 10, group 2 is subjects 11 to 20. Yeah. That's a, just a dumb statement. Subjects are within test type. Okay. So that's how you say that. Subjects nested within test type. So it's a, it's, subjects are nested. They're inside something. Okay. So you build the ANOVA table. looks like this. Okay. <clears throat> what we do is we list... First thing we do is we list the between subject variable. This is pretty much the second to last thing you have to blow the gates order. The second, so the second last thing, and if you list the between subject first variable, test, because there were two two groups for test, right? Two different levels of test, implicit and explicit. And excuse me, it's got one degree of freedom. two kinds of tests. The next thing we do is we list subjects. But we can't talk about subjects without talking about what kind of tests they get. So we list subjects nested within test type. It has 18 degrees of freedom. 
Little n minus 1 says 10 minus 1 times 2. There are two levels of test. We don't have any more between subject variables. So now we list a within subject variable when we have the one retention interval. It has two degrees of freedom, number of levels of RI, minus one, three levels, minus one is two. And now we just start doing the thing with this. We start crossing them. Retention interval by test. Retention interval by subjects within test. And we can't cross retention interval with itself, so we stop. Now, the thing that Yates order does, it not only allows us to list all these sources, variation, degrees of freedom, the, the order part is what tells you what the error terms are. So we test, we, if we're going to find out if there's a significant effect of test type, we would take mean squared for test and divide it by mean squared for subjects within tests. If we wanted to test retention interval, or retention interval by test, which in fact is probably the two, in fact, RI by test is the one thing we're really interested in in this experiment, frankly. We test that, both of these, with retention interval by subjects within test. Now remember when we did the mixed model, right? Uh, mixed model, just two-way analysis of variance, and we had to work out the expected values of the mean squares to find out what the test was what. We don't have to do that. Because in fact, this always works. <coughs> This, this, this heuristic, Yates order, always works. It allows you to find out the, degrees, uh, the source of variation and degrees of freedom. It also allows you to, to produce the correct error term for each f-test. It's really important because this could get very complicated. Okay, questions about this? Yeah, I'll throw one out. Please. So then the error term for RI would be RI, yep. Yep. And then the error term for RI times test would be the same thing? Yes, sir. Yep. Well, the same thing happens with, um, think about a regular plain old 2 by 2 in else variance. The error uh, term for A is the same as it is for B, it's the same as it is for AB. Right? It's error. It's just that one which is actually subject to the AB. <laughs> well, I'll go over that. But we'll, we'll work one out that looks like one of the old ones, and you'll see that this just works. Please, Jen. Why don't you ever do test by subjects and test by retention? I'm sorry, can I rephrase your question? Why don't we do the top three first sources of variance? Why don't we have that as... Uh, yeah, you still lose me. I know you've got an important question, so you... Um, for source of variation, yes. why isn't there a, a rule that says test times subjects and test times retention? Uh, because that term doesn't exist. Why not? Because... <laughs> uh, no, I'm not just stopping there. I'm going to give her a reason. I'm not just, it's because I'm your father! Um, <laughs> Your dad, I don't think, talks like that. My, my dad didn't talk like that. My dad would have swore a lot, and he, uh, he might have said because of your father, but uh, when I was younger. Anyway, we've got test. We've done it. You're looking for something like ROI times subject times test? Like a, yeah, well, that term doesn't exist. 
Because we can't talk about subjects without talking about where they're nested. Okay. Right? Because we have to say, oh, subjects, well, subjects 1 to 10 are getting the implicit test, and subjects 11 to 20 are getting the explicit test. We can only talk about them within tests. Yeah, within tests. Yep. So that goes for all between factors. Yeah, between factors are always factors that subjects are nested within. Yeah. And if we had two between factors, you'd list the two between factors first, just like test yep. and test. Yep. And then you would cross RI with each of them? Yes. Yeah. Which would be your error term? I have to do that on my head here. That would be, for all the between factors, it would be subjects within, let's say, AB. I'm just wondering if you had, yeah, sure, subject A and yeah. subjects within A and B and then subjects within B. You can't have subjects within A and subjects within B. They can't be nested within two things. They could be nested within interactions of A and B. Okay. So if you had, like, I'll, and we'll, I'll, I'll work one of those out. When I when finish this, which we probably will today, this, this set of slides, I'll work out some, I'll show you what it looks like for plain vanilla analysis of variance and, in fact, show you that Neat's order still works there. It still works there. This is basically a saying then for a test. Like that's for test it's between. Yes. The S test is just the error. That's just an error. Straightforward error. Yes. But then because we have RI and because that's within, it's sort of like that random like random factor thing. So well, we this is a, take, this is a random factor. Yeah, but we have yes. to decide by the interaction between that's exactly RI correct. and subject. That is exactly correct. Okay. Yes. So the review between subjects within. So you always list the between factors, you cross them if there's more than one, the subjects, which are nested within whatever the hell's above them, it has to be, and then the within factors. So you keep crossing until you're finished. Okay? The error term rule is exactly the same. You find the one below it that has it and subjects. And this will always work. And again, like I said, I've said before, this might sound like, well, if I had a computer to do this, why would I have to do this stuff? A lot of statistical software has real problems with repeated measures. Uh, for reasons that completely freaking escape me, SPSS, for example, the module to get to do repeated measures costs $4,000. That's stupid. You know why? Because they can, pretty much. Um, SAS isn't quite like that, but you know, SAS is another set of software that I wish to probably use. I'd have to convince every other department to switch there. And, oh, I've learned SPSS. I can't learn new computer programming. Is that free one? PS. PSPP, uh, it can be, yes. The thing is, why go spend four grand on the extra upgrade when you can just put all this into a procedure called a general linear model and you list subjects in there and you just show how they're all nested and it'll actually do everything for you. It'll say error, error. But it'll give you all the neat squares just to find them yourself. And also sometimes, one sec, sometimes you'll make mistakes putting stuff into a computer, putting in, uh, a, and you'll know if you did this beforehand, did the other degrees of freedom, Kristen. Uh, what did you say? You said find the term below it that has subjects and... And it in it. So A or B or W. Okay. That's a big design that goes up to W. 
There's been a lot of 22 way interactions now, man. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Everything is fixed and subjects are random, which isn't true about all 99.999% of the time. There's a lot of nines there. If one of them is random, the whole system falls apart. You still can get the sources of variation, you can't get the error terms. You have to actually do expected values of mean squares, which is a horrible, painful thing that you can do. You come to my office and ask me to ask to borrow my copy of Netter, Wasserman, and Kuttner's general linear models for the behavioral sciences or whatever the hell the book is called. Like I've blocked it out. It's the only time I've just really think about repressed memory being real is that book. Block it out. There are no repressed memories. I was making a cognitive joke. Remember that, okay? Remember there are no repressed memories. Right. Here's another example. We make n equal 5. Oh, that was cool. Forgot I did that. You like that? I used to have an animation in the slide of third and started the ANOVA and it would go on fire, but it seems a bit over the top. <laughs> so, we got two groups, right? G1 and G2. And we got B, and we got C, and we got, and we got three. Holy, we should quit. This is horrible. No, it's actually really easy. It's mechanical. So, What's the between factor here? Take a look at it. Tell me, what's the between factor? What do you got? What do you think? You got a 1 3 chance if you're guessing. Because it's a B or C. And how, how do you spot that? You say, which one are the subjects nested with it, or which one that not every subject gets? All those. Well, it's A. Not everybody gets every level of that. Right? Because group one gets A1, group two is getting A2. Who's B between factor? Well, no, everybody gets B1, everybody gets B2, and everybody gets B3. Is C a between factor? No, everyone gets C1 and everyone gets C2. Yeah. Well, good. We got between, we got subjects, we got within. Move that over. Between subjects within. Between is A, that's supposed to be an arrow. I've got some notation because I'm trying to be clever and it looks like crap. Within is B and C. And if between is A, that means subjects are within A, nested within A. Subjects who are within A. Yeah. Does it say that next one? Doesn't, but that's what it looks like. Look at how much more complicated it starts to get. Between subjects within. So A is the between factor. We list it first. A has two levels. It has A minus one degrees of freedom. Are there any other between factors? No. We've already established that. So now we have to list subjects within A. N minus one times A. So that's 5 minus 1, 4, times 2, 8. There's no more between factors. Let's start the within. So I did C first. You could have done B first. It wouldn't change anything. 
C. C by A. C by S by A. B. We just cross it with all the ones above it. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C A, B by C by S within A. It has kind of an almost Dr. Zeus-like cadence to it, doesn't it? B. B by A. B by S within A. B by C. One fish, two fish. One fish, blue fish. No? Okay. Tough room today. Tough room. And this is one of those cases. Now, we've got error terms. One, two. We've got, three, we've got four error terms in this, this design. Four. So we've got to test, and this, I've got this column here to make it easy for you. We've got to test A, we use the, we're going to use the mean square for S within A. To test C and C by A, we use C by S within A. Test B and B by A, we use B by S within A. And finally, to do the two-way interaction of B and C and the BCA interaction, we're going to test it with B by C by S within A. And then you look at the degrees of freedom and you see if you did it properly. 1, 8 is 9, 1 is 10, 11, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 59. You have to sing like that if you don't want which if you could call that singing, I'm not much of a singer. I'm a bass player. No, I'm sorry, I can play bass. There's a difference. I'm not really a bass player. And in rock band, I'm a drummer. I played a long time. So this is a big, unwieldy, ugly thing, but if you were trying to figure this out, using trying to figure the expected values of these mean squares, to figure out what the test with what, it'd take you over an hour. You can do it. There's a, there's a, there are mechanical sort of ways of doing it, or you could just use this heuristic that works every single time. <clears throat> and you might think that's a, that's kind of when would there ever be one one between two within species, stimulus type, retention interval. There you go. See, species is, be, is between the other two are within. A lot of comparative psychology works. Or you can think of, again, sex different stuff. Easily be like this. Or just two different kinds of treatments of any sort. But, I mean, like my, my PhD work, uh, experiments uh, three to seven in my PhD are all like that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not... Really experiments six and seven. I don't want to write, like, like you guys are all going to go and read it and go, you know, you said. Ah, let's do another one with that. Oh, look, it comes in like that as well. That looks the same, but it's not. It's not because we've got, oh, look, it's not all G1s here and G2s here. The world has changed. Everything you know is wrong. What are the between factors zip here? B. B's one, sure. Yeah, because different subjects get different levels of B. 
B1 is all G1, G3, B2 is G2, G4. So is A, though, isn't it? Because different subjects get different levels of A. Now, C, on the other hand, everybody gets every level of C. So all I've done here is just switch the groups around. All of them. Nothing special. Right? Okay, so you don't see that a, both A and B are, are between subjects, variables? Look, <laughs> does everybody get every level of A? No, only these group one and group two get A1, and group two, three, and four get A2. Same thing with B. One and three get B1, and two and four get B2. So different subjects get different levels of A, and different subjects have different levels of B. But everybody gets every level of C. Oh, See? Because everybody's getting C1 to C3. Right? Time both A and B are between subjects and uh, factors, I'm sorry. So subjects are now nested within A B interactions. Because different subjects are on A1 B1, then an A2 B1, then an A1 B2, then an A2 B2. So subjects are within A B now. Right? So now we have to say subjects are within A B. Questions so far? Does that make sense? They're within A B now? Okay. Uh, let's say there's six per group. I don't know. Pick the number. That, that, that's the one from last time, is it not? Oh, it was five last time? Oh. <coughs> we're going, we're living on the edge. See, it changes. See how much more compact it's become. So we've got A, B, A by B. Because we've got two between, so we, we do them first. And then S within A, B. S within A, B is going to be the, the error term for A, B, and A by B. Now we throw C in the mix. It's within. C, and then we just cross it with everything above it. Right? C, C by A, C by B, C by A by B, C by S within A, B. It's not magic. But it is magical, isn't it? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's magical. It's not bad at all. Shivering. Crazy freedom, pretty straightforward, I think. The way you get any good at doing this is you make them up and you practice them. Seriously, that's all you have to do. I can tell you that 
about somewhere between 30 and 40% of your final grade and the final exam, rather, will be doing these things. So it's a way you practice getting, if you get any decent at this, you just bang, 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 bang. It, There is one more step, Phil, that's evil, but not completely evil. It's evilish. It's evil-esque. It's eviloid. But it's, not, it's actually not that bad. It's not that bad. Now, let me show you something. Let's fix this. Do that. Unlock. Um, I'm going to kill this projector. Well, I don't need either of What the hell? I can use both boards and people can see. Now, let me show you something. Because we have to find it. Here we do. Perfect. Exactly what I wanted to have. Now, let's think about... Oh, here's the design here. How convenient. So, let's make this the good old classic. The classic. Two-by-two two analysis of variance. Group one, group two, group three, group four. Now, what will we get before? Well, let's do this using the eights order. Well, we got between, we got two of them, A and B, right? So we go A, B, A by B, uh, S within A and B. Uh, let's say five degrees of freedom, or sorry, five seconds. So now we got, well, we got one here, here, we got one here, we got one here, and we got four times uh, two times two, right? So four times two is eight times two is 16, which gives us a total of 19 degrees of freedom, 20. Yes. We would test A, B, and A might be with S within A, B. Now, this doesn't look any different up to here than what we saw before. This is the same thing as this, as error. And error has n minus 1 times a times b degrees of freedom. It's exactly the same thing. It's even more straightforward. Let's look at a very even simpler design. How about this? We got two groups, two levels of a. Between subjects within, well, there's only one, it's between. And it will be A. And then subjects within A. And hold. Let's also do that five degrees. So five subjects per. We got four. And then we have uh, four times two, we have eight. That's long. That's the four, you moron. Uh, two. And then, no, one. Just this one with me. Yeah, one. And then four times two is eight, which gives us nine in total. This is A, this is called treatment, and that's called error, or within cell, between groups, within groups. The whole time, whenever you've been learning all of these different terms for, for error terms, all they have been are subject terms either with interactions or subjects with nested. That's what they've always been. 
So it's not like this is anything really new. It's just because it gets complicated to do this. But it is always what you have had. Oh, yeah, Kristen. Uh, okay. Why, I don't understand. Why is it one? Why is it one? Because it's got two degrees, two, degree, two levels, minus one is one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then S? Is uh, B five subjects per group. So N minus one is four times two is eight. And then why is it by two? Because there's two. There's two levels of there. Yeah. Or you could look at it and say, well, how, how do you originally learn this? This is K minus one. Right? And this is big N minus K. Well, K minus 1 equals 1, and big N minus K equals 8. Because big N is 10. You can also say big N minus K is the same thing as K minus 1. Sorry, N minus 1 times K, isn't it? Right? Because it's the number of subjects per group times K. K is number of groups. Remember, you learned that way back. Now it's screw K's and N's and big N's and stuff. Just use A's and B's and then N's for subjects. Right? So these things are not any different than what you've learned before. And in fact, using this method, you can find out exactly the same thing with the error terms. The, the, the reason we don't start there is because I... How do you think that would have turned out if in 2126 one of us got up there and said, now we're going to work out the expected values of the mean squares? Many of your, not your, because you guys made it through. Many people's heads would have actually exploded. It would have been ugly. It would be libel suits and stuff. People quit school. It would be revolts. It would be Bernie Keogh in effigy. <laughs> He'd be on fire, but he'd have a $3 pair of shoes on. Where's my shoes? It's not a joke. Dwayne wears my shoes. He presses well. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? I think he does. <coughs> so, there's no way we can start there. Just the same reason when you first learn about atoms, and they say... Electrons are rotating in an orbit around a proton, and they're not. Because you find out when you get near the end of high school about quantum probability clouds, and most people's heads explode. Imagine if you tried that in grade 8. We don't really know where these things are. Well, we can, but then we don't know their direction or what they weigh. Except on Thursdays. So we start easy. That Thursday part isn't in quantum mechanics. It's actually third Tuesday. So see, it's, it's the same thing. And all this was ever doing was getting expected values of mean squares through a, a heuristic and working it with the source of range degrees of freedom arc. But it works even with a very simple one-way analysis of variance. Right? Works with the simplest possible analysis of variance design. That's the beauty of this. Of this method uh, of finding source of radiation degrees of freedom. It just always works. It's like using an Apple product if you don't come and run into a Flash website. Jenny knows what I mean. My wife just got an iPad and she said, how do I install my, uh, Flash Player on this? I said, you don't. 
Oh. <laughs> you email the company and tell them to change their stupid website. There are 45 million iPads out there. All right. Questions? Does this make sense? Is there a quiz on Thursday? Because I don't even know anymore. Yes. There is? Okay, it's a quiz Thursday. Enjoy that. Uh, I'll make something up, I guess. Thanks, <laughs> you guys. Fine.
podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.